Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the usefulness of your property and how the title report can help you understand what you're buying. Once you own a property, title insurance can play a key role in helping you handle defects in title. When you're buying a piece of property, you pay the money and now it's yours. At least that's the theory. But the truth is, it's not that simple. There's so many things that can encumber the use of your property. All kinds of things that affect your property can be recorded in the official records of the property. To start with, the title report tells you tons about the history. There's so much complexity in what seems like a pretty straightforward transaction. Sometimes these reports are lengthy and they can be pretty boring to read, but they contain a ton of information. I recently received a title report that was 96 pages in length. It had all kinds of details, including when transfers happened between family members, loans were taken out against the property or when they were repaid, when the owners were behind on their taxes or their water bills. So much information contained in the property records. Now, the first and simplest item is the actual deed. This is the transfer, the ownership. Who owns it and under what kind of structure is it owned? Is it owned by an individual or by multiple individuals as tenants in common? Is it owned by an entity like a company or a land trust? If the property was transferred as a result of a foreclosure, the new owner would be listed on the property. But some areas have a right of redemption period after the transfer whereby the original owner can get their property back. For example, there's a rule in Philadelphia that says if a property sold at the sheriff's tax sale and the original owner was not properly notified of the impending sale, they have a right of redemption period where they can pay the back taxes owing and get their property back. How long is that redemption period? Well, get ready for this. It's 21 years. That's right, 21 years. So you've got to make sure that the original owner was served properly on their notice of the impending sale. There's additional complexity coming from various forms of encumbrances that can be attached to a property. It might be a lien, but there's other forms of encumbrances too. It could be a right-of-way or an easement. These are sometimes used to provide utility companies to have the right to put a pipeline or an electric transmission line across your property. It might be a right for a neighbor to access your property for a driveway in order to prevent their property from being landlocked. Sometimes there can be a deed restriction on title, and a deed restriction can literally say anything. It might say that the property is transferred on the condition that any structure built on the property must be painted yellow. You can literally put anything like that, that kind of a restriction on the deed. The restriction might be temporary or it might be perpetual. And unless you perform a full title search, you may not know what burdens you're signing up to. They're contained in the history of the property. I'm dealing with an issue right now on a property where one of the owners granted an easement to the electric utility company to have wires crossing the middle of the property. That easement was granted in 1938, and the property owners were paid a grand total of $4 for the right-of-way from the utility company. The easement is perpetual and has no expiry date. When the land registry office converted the land records from paper to electronic, the easement was not transferred to the electronic records. The electric utility company no longer places its transmission lines across residential properties. They put them along the edge of a property, more commonly within the public road allowance. And since 1938, the electric wires have been rerouted and they're fully contained within the road allowance. They no longer cross the property. So from a practical standpoint, the electric utility is highly unlikely to ever enforce that right-of-way to access the property. But if I was to build a house in the easement, they could theoretically come to me one day and ask me to demolish the house. So as long as the easement exists, I can't build a house anywhere 
within a 33-foot-wide path measured from the center line of the right-of-way. Then you've got to consider what new regulations might be in place. And just because a house exists on a property doesn't mean you're permitted to modify what's there. Many elements of the building code allow existing structures to continue in their current location. These are the so-called grandfathering clauses. But sometimes the new rules say that if you make any modifications to the property, then the new rules apply. So here's where it could be problematic. The new rules state the house must be set back from the electric lines by 16 feet. The existing house is only located 6 feet from the electric lines. So there must be great care to ensure that a change to the existing house doesn't trigger moving the house by 10 feet. There might be a new zoning code in place, which could trigger a larger setback from the property line. A modification of the existing house might fall within that grandfathered clause of the regulations, but there could easily be a proposed modification of the existing structure that would trigger the new rules coming into play. So you got to pay very close attention to the title report, and I recommend that you read every single word contained in it. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.